everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Sylvia Gorajek and today I'm happy to welcome Nilam Chakrabari, CEO of Rula. Hello Nilam, welcome to the show. Thank you Sylvia, thanks for having me here. Arula helps uh, parents of kids from the same school collaborate with each other. So that sounds like Facebook or Nextdoor for parents. Tell us a little more about this. You know, you got it. I'm so surprised. Yes, it is Nextdoor for parents, but parents is just one target audience. Um, our other audience is also homeschool parents and businesses um, who target parents, such as classes, camps, tutoring companies. Uh, they also use our platform for collaboration amongst the parents. So yes, we do call ourselves next door for schools and parents. How do parents react to it? What is the feedback that you're getting? So far, it's been wonderful. Um, I myself am a parent and this whole startup came out out of my own experience. I knew and understood the pains of parents. So uh, yes, parents love. They think this is something that they definitely need. You mentioned Facebook. Uh, yes, Facebook is a great tool, but parents don't feel very comfortable using it. Uh, they do not feel comfortable mingling their personal and their children's information. And so we needed something that is dedicated to us parents. They are very conservative about sharing their children's information. So Facebook is not appropriate for them. And uh, that's how we have built Rula with that particular need in mind. And are you the first platform to be doing this? Uh, well, to say, Dedicated to schools and parents, yes, there are many other platforms, but they are very fragmented, catering to only certain areas. There are a lot of mommy clubs, which are catering to the younger, um, you know, parents of younger children. Um, and I would like to say yes, until I discover someone else. Um, I am sure there are a lot of other competitors out there. Um, Yahoo Groups is one of our competitors. A lot of parents use that. Um, but as you know, it is pretty antiquated right now and um, they need something that's modern. People are used to using Facebook and other social media. They want similar experience, but again, something that is more conservative and um, you know safe for them. So are you starting with schools that are pretty local? Yes, we are. Um, so we are actually open for the nationwide. We have a database of around 150 schools, 150,000 schools all across United States. Um, but in, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to uh, targeting our audience, we are starting local. Um, currently, we are in Bay Area, but we plan to expand and go into Southern California and other areas very soon. You started working on this in April 2015. That's correct. So that's 10 months ago. Mm -hmm. And w um, that's not a long time. At what stage are you right now? So I started working on this in April. We went live late August, early September. And so um, we have been seeing a lot of positive response. The traction is very good. We are happy with it. Um, in fact, the second audience that I mentioned, the uh, businesses who, wants to who want to use our platform um, for their collaboration needs, we did not even have that in mind. And they just came about asking us, hey, uh, can we use? And we said, all right, yeah, sure, why not? And so we are very happy that people are coming to us uh, and asking us about our platform and our product. So we are definitely you know, fulfilling needs and pain points out there. You come from India. Mm -hmm. Yes. How did you end up in Silicon Valley? In a boat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, this is one and a half decades ago. I was a software engineer working, just graduated from college. And uh, I was, uh, along with my other friends, uh, we were looking to come down to United States because that was the time when 
internet just came into being and there was a lot of demand for software engineers. So the company that I was working for uh, had an offshore office here in Silicon Valley and they wanted some engineers. So we just got in there and yes, I came legally in a plane, not in a boat. <laughs> okay, so you got hired for another department here. Yes. And that's how it started. You got your visa, right? And mm -hmm. then probably another visa or green card. Yeah, I got uh, sponsored by my employer for an H-1 visa. I got my green card, got my citizenship. So yes, now I'm an American citizen. Uh, what were you doing before Aurora then? Uh, I've done lots of things. Um, so once I came here, I was working for quite some time. Um, and then I also had another startup before that, that I bootstrapped with my husband. And um, to call it as a startup, but it just happened all of a sudden. We didn't plan it out. And I had just got laid off from my job at IBM. Um, I was um, a two-week-old mom with my second baby. And um, so I don't know what else to do because I just got laid off and the economy was going down. So I thought, okay, this is a time to try something new. And so I and my husband, we just um, came up with an idea to um, uh, start generating leads for mortgage market and for real estate business. And real estate actually was doing pretty well that time. So we had a very successful run for four years uh, at that point of time. And then as real estate market went down, we shut down our business and I uh, went to um, work again. I landed up with Intuit Software. From there, I joined HP and then um, now here I am. So, so you left HP I to left do HP. a startup. So yes. you were firstly working um, in corporations mm -hmm. and then did your startup with your husband. Mm -hmm. Then you came back to the corporate life. Yes. And now you're doing a startup again. Yeah. So you have a great comparison to how startup life looks like um, in comparison to uh, the big corporations. Yes. Um... I have enjoyed both the sides. Uh, both of them have their own merits and um, you know disadvantages. But as my kids were growing up, I wanted to spend some more time with them because uh, corporations, even though um, I had a lot of flexibility with my job, uh, it was hard to kind of have a work-life balance. And um, the other thing was I was really, I had just completed my MBA from UC Berkeley. And um, so I had this itch of starting and getting into something new. Plus, I have, was going myself through this pain point of finding information for my kids, um, collaboration, things like that. So I thought, let me put these two things together, my pain point and my itch to do something in, uh, in, on my own. And I just got started with the startup then. And you would not go back to the corporate life? Oh, gosh. No, I don't no. want to. <laughs> and I hope I am able to just sustain this. So tell us, uh, how did you find your for, uh, former co-founder and how did you team up with him? So before I found my um, then co-founder, I was I had started that exercise much before that. It was almost like a witch hunt, you know. Um, I have a technical background, but I left coding long time back. So for me to somebody to come and an expert to sit down, I, I knew I needed a technical co-founder. So I just went around looking, asking my friends, going to meetups, co-founders, dating sites, and whatnot. And uh, 
I couldn't find anybody um, that I thought I could gel with uh, due to different reasons. And then finally, this person came to my mind. I had worked with him very briefly um, at a short stint that I did at eBay. And so I just called him one day and I said, hey, you know, I'm looking to do the startup. Um, do you want to join me? And without even asking me what I was planning to do, what my plans are, he said, yes. I was happy and a little scared. I was like, he doesn't even know what I'm doing. Um, but he said, yes. But you know, I was so desperate. And I said, all right, cool, let's, let's get together. And um, so, yeah, so we got together. I, of course, we met later on. I told him what my idea was, what I'm looking for. And he said, yes, yes, we can do it, we can do it. And I was like, all right, cool. So finally, I found someone, so. And that's who you got started. Yes. And how long did you work together? I think we worked together less than a year. Uh, but that's still, you know, pretty a long time compared to the startup life. I know, I know. Um, you know, I have a lot of tolerance for people and a little bit for the BS as well. But then when you're in a startup mode, you're going through so many different emotions. You yourself are surprised by so many things that you don't know about yourself. And even though I thought I could tolerate all different kinds of people, there are certain things that I thought I was losing my patience. I was losing my control over things. And um, one thing that I found my startup co-founder, um, my, my co-founder was not as serious and dedicated as I was. And did he, he leave was, the company he was working at? No, he did not. He was working part-time. So that was the biggest, one of the biggest challenges that he was working uh, part-time on this other corporation. He was skipping jobs within the company and then he was trying to work in the startup. So it just didn't work together. Plus he had a lot of star um, personal problems as well. Um, so he got distracted by that. So things just didn't work out for us after that. Uh, what was the main reason that you thought it's not uh, a good partner? Is it this that he was also doing other things or what exactly was not working well? Or when did you actually realize that it's starting to be a no? So again, there's another story behind it. So as we got started with this, uh, you know, he was doing most of the technical work. I was doing marketing and everything else that is required. Uh, we thought we needed help like more developers to work on and so he reached out to his friends and we got people coming and joining us uh, all of them part-timers they're doing a full-time job and they want to join us and we were excited i said wow i didn't know it was so easy to build a team uh, and so people come on the team they look at it and then they said oh you know what yes i am so busy this week but next week i'll definitely start working on this and time went in and on and on and we had like 10 or 12 people in our team and it was becoming difficult to manage the team, even from the point of onboarding, like, okay, now we have to explain you what we are doing, what you have to do, what do we expect of you, build this team. And I found myself spending almost 80% of my time just, just working with the team. And I had so much other work to do. So um, finally, things worked out that we were not able to manage the team. The co-founder got distracted with these other parts where he had to onboard the engineers. And um, I figured out um, the product that we had built was not built to scale, I mean, architecturally. Um, he built a big, big ship that we didn't need at that point of time. And I recommended to him that let's, let's change course, let's try to simplify things, and he, he couldn't do it. How did you work it out? How did you part ways? Um... 
Well, he was the one who called the shots and he said, I just can't work on it. He um, said he had some personal reasons for not being able to do that. And uh, he said that um, I have to dedicate my time to my family, so I will not be able to continue. And so he called quits. All right. And what, he, what did he do with the code and with the, all the work that you were both working on? You know, um, it's a good thing and a bad thing when I think about it. Sometimes I get pissed off, but then sometimes I also feel, oh, thank God it happened. He, since, since he was a technical person, he had all the access to the code. He, took, he, he turned my access off to the code. So I had no access to the code um, anymore. So I was very pissed off. Um, but fortunately, there was another contracting company that we were working in to do, do the UI development work. Um, they had um, part of the code with them. So I was able to leverage that, but I was very upset that this co-founder had not invested a single penny and I had spent a lot of money uh, getting this whole thing up and he just walked away without anything. He had absolutely no skin in the game. Uh, he took the code and everything, and so it was very upsetting. Did he did he tell you that he would be starting this on his own, on, or was he clear that okay, if you want, you can go for it? No, you know the breakup happened so quick over the email. There was no time to discuss, and I personally, and not to belittle him, but I really personally didn't think he could have taken the code and built a company because a company is not just a piece of code; it's so much more than that. And um, I wasn't worried about that part at all. Did you have any agreements signed with him? Any papers that then you had to solve, you know, how to uh, part ways? Um, see, that is what you learn as a co-founder, you know, as an entrepreneur. Yes, we did have some agreements in place like the NDA uh, and things like that. But though we had a lot of verbal discussions of what would happen when we part, but it was all in a very friendly way when we were in good mood and we were very optimistic about that things would work out. But you never gave it a thought that what would happen if we ever broke up. No, we did not have that kind of agreement. So what is your advice right now after this, um, all the trouble that you had? What would you do differently and maybe what you already did differently because you have another co-founder, uh -huh. right? Uh, one of the advice I would give to startups is that whenever you're looking for a co-founder, always have that person have some skin in the game other than their sweat equity. You know, nowadays the sweat equity comes very easily. Um, that person hadn't invested a single dime in this. Um, so he just, you know, got up and walked away. Um, so I made sure that the next co-founder that I was going to go with had to invest money because money is hard to part with, you know, <laughs> especially it is hard on dollars in Silicon Valley. Um, it, that, that could be one of the reasons that you would want to stay back. Um, so my startup, um, you know, my advice to the other uh, founders is that make sure that person is equally involved uh, in terms financially, in terms of your working arrangements, because I was working 24 seven and this person was, you know, his main job was his primary, um, you know, dedication. And so it, it, it was, it was not at the same par. Yes. He yeah. was kind of thinking that he's just helping you kind of like uh, behaving like this, right? At least that's what initially he was very enthusiastic, but then as time went over, I guess he just couldn't have enough time and passion to dedicate to both the sides. 
Now you're teamed up with another person. That's your friend from UC Berkeley, yes. from your school. Mm -hmm. How did you find out that uh, this new um, person can be a good co-founder? So while I was um, originally working on my idea and I was looking for a co-founder, I had proposed to my other friends from UC Berkeley if they wanted to um, team up with me. And some of them, uh, again, said that, yeah, I can do it, maybe part-time, maybe not, I don't know. Um, I myself wasn't sure what I was looking in a co-founder. Um, I would just, you know, go walk up to any person, any friend and say, hey, you want to be my co-founder? And they said, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. And, you know, but things didn't work out. And even to this co-founder, Bhavna had proposed, Bhavna, do you want to come and work with me? And um, she was working on a different idea. And she said, I'm sorry, but I can't work on two things at the same time. So I'll pass this opportunity. And so after I met with this other co-founder and um, started, we both used to chat on the phone almost every day. She would tell me about her problems on our startup and I would tell her mine and, you know, um, we would, we would um, discuss a lot of things. Um, and after a few days, after she, had, she was working on startup, um, she figured out that she was not able to continue the startup that she was working on. And uh, she was still looking for what to do next. And meanwhile, I, since she is also a parent of two kids, I was just interviewing her and showing my product to her and saying, hey, you know, I have this. I wanted to just, you know, pass it by you and get your feedback. And she saw that product and she said, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. I want to, you know, this would be so useful. Like, as a parent, I think it is solving a real problem and it has so much value. And she called me up the next day and said, hey, Neelam, you know, you've been asking me to be a co-founder. I think I will be because I don't think so I'll be able to my, pursue my idea, but I'm ready to work with you. And so there I was with her. For how long have you been working together? You started a company 10 months ago, but did mm -hmm. you work together also a little in advance? or? Yeah, it so it's been a year now close to a year that we all kind of, I mean, it was, the transition was not like one fine day. We have been working and slowly, and she got into this whole thing. Um, she said she wanted some time to think. And so, yeah, it's been a little over a year since this has been going on. And you both invested some uh, money, right? Yeah, yeah. We have a good amount of investments from both of our pockets. Um, so, yes. Currently, you are bootstrapping. Mm -hmm. What is your plan for raising money? So we have been very fortunate in terms that one that we have been uh, able to bootstrap ourselves and uh, both of us are very frugal. So we have been able to do a lot with a very little money, uh, very efficiently using our dollars. And I didn't want to get into the funding mode right from the beginning because, you know, finding funding is a full time job. And I didn't want to distract myself from what I was doing, building a product and building a company. So it was a very conscious decision of not to look for funding until we were at a very um, you know, stable stage. So now that we are, we are getting good traction, we are getting good response from the market, we are starting to um, look at funding, trying to meet investor, uh, investors, building a network, etc. And how are you doing this exactly? You know, there's no magic formula to it. It's, um, they always say you leverage your connections. We have a few, not too many, but, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to network into different um, uh, organizations. For example, there is Female Founders Conference, there is Women 2.0, there are so many other organizations that you can network into and start asking for recommendations, asking for, um, you know, connections. 
Um, and if you really ask nicely, um, people are willing to help you. Are willing yeah. to help. Do you have any experience with some advisors? Uh, yes, we have a couple. Um, we have not. We are looking to form a full advisory board, and we are talking to a couple of people. But as I said, we are just getting started, so there's a lot of work that we have to do. In, um, exactly. Yeah. From my experience, advisors also help to network. That's right. uh, so you meet one or two people that are well networked, mm -hmm. and they uh, like your concept. They want to join as an advisor, and mm -hmm. then they open their own networks to you. And so that's one of the paths right. um, that I know of finding investors and going to meetings, obviously, as well. Mm -hmm. And I hope it works uh, for you um, very well, too. What's, this, what's the hardest part of growing your company? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> you know, the hardest part is not having enough time to do what you want to do. There are only 24 hours in a day. So it is, there's so many things, there's so many ideas in your mind and you just don't have enough time to do it. Um, it's also, um, you know, once you launch the hypothesis that you had, no matter how many customer interviews you've done before building the product, no matter how much you know about your product, because I myself am one of the customers, it is just that by the time you have really found a stable ground for your product, it takes some time. So one of the challenges and hard parts is that you really have to have a lot of patience that you can't expect. Just because you read TechCrunch and all these magazines and you see all these unicorns and people growing up and getting funding of you know, millions of dollars, you feel, oh gosh, why am I not getting a funding, right? So it's just a matter of just having a patience, let your company grow and you know, money will come. What's your next goal for Aurora? And how are you going to accomplish this? My next goal, you know, we have just got started. And as I said, I have so many things in my mind that I can, you know, keep on developing, keep on working on it for next 10 years. Uh, my next immediate step is to just um, build my traction on the business side. As I said, this was an audience that we were not targeting, but since we are getting so much good response, I want to now focus on that side, um, both from marketing as well as product development side. And then yes, start my, you know, funding um, exercise now. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. It was such a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, and to everyone who would want to know more about Aurula, they can go to the website. That's aurula.com. That's correct. Thank you so much for coming. All right. Thank you, Sylvia. Thanks for having me.